Hi, chatters, and welcome to another episode of Chats with My Daughter. I'm Kathy. And I'm Ella. How are you today, Ella? I'm doing really well. How about you? I'm good. We're actually in Michigan instead yes. of Florida. This is fun, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Are you enjoying the weather? Yeah. So <laughs> much better, right? Yes. So we're kind of in my neck of the woods. This is where I was born and raised. This is where your dad was born and raised. Yeah. So we're Michiganders at heart. Ella, can you tell our audience a little bit about our very special guest? So right now we have my Aunt Peggy, which is my mom's sister. That's my sister. And Say hi, Peggy. Hi. <laughs> and we're going to be interviewing her today. Yep, we are. And I will warn everybody, Peggy and I sound very alike. Very much alike. <laughs> so this might get confusing. <laughs> do you want me to do one of my accents for the... Uh interview hmm, what do you think <laughs> no, no. <laughs> not necessary okay all right um, we want to start by just giving a little background to our listeners mm -hmm. you are my older sister well yes my only sister usually people think sister. we're twins or that yes. maybe I'm the younger sister huh never <laughs> never heard that actually huh. Huh. I, I don't know where you've been she's um, a mere seven years older than me Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. She lives in Denver, Colorado now. I do. Yes, but you were also born and raised in Michigan. I was actually born in Massachusetts, but raised in Michigan. I don't even know if I knew that about my own sister. Yes. This, look at how much I learn every time <laughs> Just we in 30 record. seconds. I know. And we're going to talk to you today because you have a career in education. I do. So what's a little backstory about how you got your like interested in your career of education sure well I wanted to be a teacher for my whole life and Kathy I don't know if you remember this but I used to set up a little one-room schoolhouse in our basement I do and um, you were one of my students I do and all of the other siblings and stuffed animals and Barbies were also part of the one-room schoolhouse in the basement <laughs> and I have to say I loved your worksheets I made my own worksheets. Yes. I'm so glad you remember I that. Do. Yes. I do. Yes, yeah, so I always, always wanted to be a teacher. That was always the plan. And I think it was just because I loved school. I loved learning. I loved my teachers. And then in eighth grade, my English teacher, when I told her that I wanted to be a teacher, she told me, no, you shouldn't be a teacher there's not even going to be any demand for teachers by the time you're done with college, and it's just not that great of a and, career. And this was in the 80s? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Okay, yeah. so interesting. I would, I would have been about 13 or 14, so not much older than you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So she said, you should pick something else. Huh. Yeah, so I, th I think we were doing like a careers unit or okay. something in my language arts class. And so I said, okay, I'll just be a doctor then. So all through high school, I thought I was going to be a doctor, and I was super interested in the sciences and anatomy and physiology. I went to college at Michigan State and declared myself as a pre-med major. I do remember that. Yes, okay. yes. Yeah. And I promptly flunked Chemistry 101. Oh. <laughs> That's a tough one. That was a tough one. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure I flunked the lab section as well. Ah, those labs will get you. Yeah. And so it really made me start to rethink my choices. <laughs> so then I thought, okay, all right, never mind. I'll just be an advertising major. Oh. Yeah. So I was an advertising major for like a semester or oh, something. Oh, very cool. Yeah. And then I was just liberal arts major <laughs> and then finally it was like okay you have to declare major mm -hmm. so I decided to do environmental science I remember because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. I was very passionate about the environment still am 
Very good. And that's Denver's a good place to live for that. It really is. I know. Mm-hmm. And I was in my final semester of environmental edu- or environmental science classes and I took a class called environmental education and I had to write a whole unit and all the lesson plans to go with it for an environmental topic which I chose the rainforest mm-hmm. and I loved every moment of that project and it reminded me that I wanted to be a teacher oh. so I went ahead and graduated and then went right back the next semester re-enrolled as a post-bachelor's um, teaching certification student uh-huh. and so got that certification and did my student teaching through Michigan State. Yay! Yay! And so how long were you a teacher? I taught mm-hmm. for 13 years. Okay. So I was a classroom teacher for seven years and then I was a reading teacher for six years. And so... Assuming that you became a principal mm-hmm, after that, mm-hmm. um, how did you decide to become a principal? That is also kind of an interesting story. So the school where I was working at the time, I was on the leadership team, at, at, and that was when I was a reading teacher. And the school was growing really rapidly, and we were um, all, we had a waiting list. We were always turning students away, and mm-hmm. so the decision was made to build a second campus. Oh. Yes. And so I was on the the team to interview all the new teachers that were going to come and work at the new school. And one day my principal said to me, hey, when we get that new school opened, I want you to be the assistant principal. And I said, uh, no thanks. <laughs> what? What yeah. did you say, no thanks? I never wanted to be a principal. You wanted to be with the kids. Yeah, and I would always, um, every time my boss would tell me some of the things that she had to do for her job, I'd say, mm. ah, I would never <laughs> want that job. <laughs> I would never want that job. So anyway, my boss said, I want you to be the assistant principal. And I said, no thanks. And then I went home that day and I said to my husband, that's your uncle Ryan. Mm-hmm. I said, oh my gosh, can you believe what my boss said to me today? She said she wants me to be the assistant principal at the new school. <laughs> so is it like two schools at the same school? Yeah, two campuses. Oh, okay. so, so two campuses. Yeah. Yeah. So they were they were splitting it into basically a lower school and an upper school. Uh. So anyway, um, so I told that to Uncle Ryan and he said, I think you should do it. I think you would be great. I think you're a natural born leader. You already do so much for the school and I think you should go for it. And I said, well, I don't want to go back to school again uh. because I had actually just finished my master's in reading and literacy, uh. just finished it. And um, I said, I'd have to go back to school again. And he said, it's okay, I'll support you. Uh. And so all of that happened. And then I re-enrolled in grad school again, like a month later and got my principal license. Wow. So you can't just be a teacher and then become a principal. You have to have a certificate of some sort? At least in Colorado. Oh, so okay. every state has their own oh. certification rules. Okay. And I don't know what they are in other states, but in Colorado you have to have the administrator license. Oh, that that's interesting. I'm mm-hmm. not sure if I knew that or not. Um, so, Ella, ask her this next question. Okay. So how is being a principal different from being like a teacher? Mm-hmm. 
That's a good question. There's a lot of similarities and a lot of differences. So I'd say, as you said already, Kathy, a big difference is that I'm working more with the adults Mm -hmm. and less with the kids, but I still love working with the kids. So I try to keep myself out there as much as possible, like out out in the hallways, in the classrooms. You're a hands-on principal. I try. (laughs) Although I don't take it too far. Ah. Yeah. Right. Uh, Anywho, um, so that's different is I'm working more with adults but one of the um, things that's the same is I'm still teaching. Oh. So I'm, I still get the chance to teach kids, and now I get the chance to teach adults, which I have found I actually really enjoy. You enjoy <laughs> teaching adults? I do. Oh. I didn't I can, know that I would. I can understand that. Yeah. I, I can relate to that. Yeah. I actually always tell people that was my answer from my vet school interview when they said, why do you want to become a veterinarian? I uh-huh. knew you were not supposed to say, because I love kittens. Uh-huh. And um, I said, well, truthfully, I've always loved learning and I've always loved yes. teaching. And I feel like in medicine, you're constantly learning and constantly yes. relaying the information to your clients. So I, I can relate to that. I, I like teaching people things as well. Mm-hmm. How about you, you, Ella? Do you like teaching people things? Um, Well, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> I mean... If a kid teaches someone something, then it's kind of like they're bossy. Oh, we don't have to do it in a bossy way. I don't do it in a bossy way. Well, okay. I'm well, just not good at teaching. Oh, I don't oh. think you should say that about yourself. I think you are a very <laughs> patient person, and I think you are a good teacher. I'm better at learning. <laughs> You're a good learner, too. Um, so, Peggy, what's something you wished you had known when you were Ella's age. Ella is a middle schooler. Mm-hmm. By the time this airs, Ella will actually be 12 years old. What? <laughs> She's growing up right before our very eyes. She is. What? What's some advice? You're a mother. You're in the school system. Mm-hmm. Um, your kids are getting grown. Uh, what's some advice you wish you had when you mm-hmm. were a middle schooler? Well, I'm very thankful that you told me that that was the question you were going to ask me uh-huh. because I've had all day to think about it. Oh, great. And I think my answer I'm going to give is something that has helped me be a better human, mm-hmm. which in turn has helped me as a teacher, as a principal, as a mother, as a friend, just in all areas of my life. So i wish that when i was your age i had heard about the four agreements have you ever heard of those no actually have you heard about those Kat? i'm not sure i, I no off the top of my head i want to say no mm-hmm. but i would love to hear more mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so the four agreements was a book i'm not even sure when it came out i'm gonna say early 2000s maybe okay by an author named don miguel ruiz okay and so he wrote these four agreements, which are four rules that he tries to live his life by. Mm -hmm. And I was introduced, you know how sometimes you hear about something from more than one source at the same time and you never knew it existed, but then all of a sudden it's on your radar. Yes. Well, it was really strange. Um, I heard about it. Ryan Mm -hmm. brought home the audio book. So this was, this was like, I don't know, probably... 10, 12, maybe 15 years ago. Somewhere in there. When you would still bring audiobooks home on a CD from uh-huh. the library. Oh, mm-hmm. but now we use Audible. Exactly. Yes. They could be a sponsor. <laughs> Audible could be a sponsor. 
<laughs> so he brought home a CD copy of mm-hmm. the book, and he said, hey, I think we should listen to this. I've heard it's really good. Well, it was awesome. Oh. I'll tell you about it in a minute. But the kind of crazy thing is, right around the same time that he brought that home, we hired a new reading teacher at my school, and this is while I was still a reading teacher. Oh, okay. And she gave me um, just a, like a mini poster mm-hmm. of the Four Agreements. So, so uh, timely. Yeah. Yeah. And and she had laminated it for me. Uh-huh. And I hung it in my office, and it's still, I still have, I've carried it with me through my last several offices. Well, tell us. Okay. What are the Four Agreements? <laughs> okay. I bet you're dying to know. We're dying. Yes. So there are four agreements. Okay. And the first one is be impeccable with your word. Okay. So any thoughts as to what that could mean? Um, like be careful of what you say. Yes. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Ding, ding, ding. Yep. You're so smart. You're so smarty. Yes, exactly. You be careful about everything you say. Everything that comes out of your mouth, you are responsible for. And it doesn't matter whether you're talking about somebody else or you're spreading gossip, or you're talking about yourself, or even thinking about yourself, mm-hmm. you you need to be kind and true in all of your words. So, and, and really, and I haven't had too much trouble with that. I'm not a big gossiper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't tend to um, talk smack about other people behind their backs. Um, I don't say mean things to other people, but you know who I say mean things about? Yourself. Myself. Yes. And so I, because of the four agreements, I have really worked hard on not saying bad things to myself. Like I, like I try not to body shame myself or put myself down in any way. If I make a mistake, I don't say, oh, I'm so stupid. Gosh, I'm guilty of that. I know know. I'm guilty of that. I know. Yeah. Well, so now I've even took it kind of a step further. Mm Mm-hmm. If I hear somebody say something unkind about themselves, mm-hmm. I'll say, "Don't talk to, don't talk about my friend Kathy like that." Oh, I yeah. think I've said that to you. I yeah. said, "Don't talk about my daughter that way." Yes. I, Ella? Yep. <laughs> yes. So that's the first agreement: is be impeccable with your word. Mm-hmm. Can I ask a follow-up question yes, with please. that? I, I, I don't know the four agreements, yes. so perhaps you're going to touch on this. Yeah. When you say be impeccable with your word, could that also apply to the fact that once something's out there, oh. once something once it's spoken, you really can't shove it back in. Right. And, and I think that also goes along with internet. Uh, once yes. it's typed, it's never really yep. gone, even if you delete it. Once you've taken a picture of it, what? I have something <laughs> to add to that. Please. Um, so I remember when my brother, Devin, was, um, sometimes he would say some mean things. Mm-hmm. One time we did this lesson, and well, my mom planned it, and I just kind of watched, where you have like a toothpaste bottle and you squirt it <gasps> on the table. Yes. And then after you say like, okay, try to put the toothpaste back in the bottle, and no matter how many times you try, it just even if you even get a little bit back in, it just like can't go back in all the way. So then it, it's the same thing as words, where once you say something, you can't put it back. You can't go back in time. Mm-hmm. And I think that's more true now yes. than yeah. it was when I was yes. your age. Yes. Because we didn't have social media. Right. Right. No. And I, I we also do talk about, um, you know, I know everyone say words hurt, but 
causing little scars. Like mm-hmm. even if you're over it, it's always in there a little bit. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Were you thinking about that toothpaste thing too? I was kind of thinking. <laughs> I actually had thought thing. about that as well. <laughs> it's funny. Okay. So yes. what's number two? So number two, mm-hmm. and this is another one that was really, really hard for me to learn, mm-hmm. is don't take anything personally. Mm. That's tough. That is tough. Yeah. That's tough. So everything that other people say and everything that other people do, that's on them. Even even if they're saying something mean to you or mean about you, that's really about them mm-hmm. and not about you. And they could just be jealous too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So I think um, that that was really hard and, and it still is hard. Um, you don't want to take offense to everything that other people do. Mm-hmm. And you know what? It's usually really, truly has nothing to do with you. Right. People are just thinking about themselves. Yep. Um, and I've, I've tried to teach my own kids that even when it does seem like it's personal, mm-hmm. like if they say, oh, Ella, you're just, you're just a snob. <laughs> <laughs> not, not that you are. Yeah. <laughs> They are saying that because of something that's going on inside them. Right. So like you said, maybe they're jealous or maybe they are insecure Mm -hmm. or um, maybe someone said mean things to them and that's kind of how they're, they're learning. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there are a lot, a lot of adults that don't know this rule, mm-hmm. this um, this agreement, and they, they take things personally all the time, yeah. and then then they're suffering. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, you can drive yourself crazy. Absolutely. Yeah. And Absolutely. sometimes when you're mean to someone, like, I just know this because sometimes, like, well, no, not me, but I know that when someone's mean to someone else, mm-hmm. even though it hurts the other person, it can also hurt yourself because maybe looking back, you just feel so, like, guilty and it makes you sad that like you ever said something to absolutely me. yeah so you end up hurting two people oh yes. that's so true or if you say something mean to like okay sometimes i'm like when my brother and i are fighting sometimes <laughs> i get kind of mean but then like i feel really bad and then it ends up hurting my heart because i didn't mean to say such mean things right which goes back to the first agreement mm-hmm. which was what be like be careful with your words. Be impeccable with your words. And I just want to interject with, I'm having this conversation with two of my absolute favorite people on the planet <laughs> who also, and I've told both of them this many times, have two of the highest EQs I've ever met. The, the highest emotional intelligence. I know there's a lot of range in your ages, mm-hmm. but both of you are two of the most <laughs> thoughtful, reflective emotionally intelligent people I know and I learn a lot from both of you all the time like when I say something both of you are good at saying but maybe this person is doing this you know and and I thank you for that a lot because seriously so many times I get upset about something you said mom you don't know maybe maybe they're having a bad day or something and I'm like oh my gosh you're so right (laughs) Mm -hmm. okay so what's number three well your last comment was the perfect segue to number three oh oh, (laughs) what is it so the third agreement is don't make assumptions don't make assumptions no because we have no idea what's going on in someone else's mind Mm -hmm. or in their life Mm -hmm. or in their background Mm -hmm. so you and I have talked a lot Kathy about 
um, with trauma mm -hmm. and not knowing what has happened yes. in a person's history. Mm -hmm. And we should never assume. Right. Yeah. And, and we should never assume that other people are as fortunate as we are. Right. Because we have been very fortunate and privileged to, we, we have everything we need. Yeah. And most of what we want. Yeah. But not everybody does. You're and right. so we shouldn't assume that, that everybody is so fortunate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think that the don't make assumptions ties back to number two. Yeah. Which was what? Um, don't take anything like personal. Right. Right. So whatever someone else says, don't assume that they're personally attacking you mm -hmm. or that they're judging you. That's a big one. Yeah. Yeah. Don't assume that other people are judging you. Yes. And that's funny because I do worry that I'm being judged yeah. sometimes in my Absolutely. life. I also think um, one thing that I do, and I don't know where this falls in your list, mm -hmm. but I assume people don't remember me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know that. I don't know what that mm -hmm. stems from, mm -hmm. or, but um, I have many times like reintroduced myself several times, and people are like, "Yeah, I know who you are," yes. you know, and, and then yeah. I'm embarrassed, and right. I'm like, "Well, I didn't think you would," or mm -hmm. I don't know. It, I don't know if that has anything to do with what we're yeah. talking about, mm -hmm. but it's it's funny how brains work. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I tend to do the same thing. Really? Yeah. And and I, I think others may assume that then I don't remember meeting them, but in fact, I'm just more afraid they don't remember me. Yeah. 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 Weird. And interesting. This is probably going to sound weird, but like some of my friends sometimes like are like kind of mean to me in like a joking way, uh -huh. but sometimes like I assume that they're actually being mean to me and then like my feelings get hurt, but like it turns out they're like joking or something. Mm -hmm. But sometimes it's like a little weird because like, it seemed like really mean, but they were just joking. Mm -hmm. so. And see, I think that's something that we all need to be careful of. Mm -hmm. And I think that goes back to the first agreement mm -hmm. about being impeccable with your word mm -hmm. and yeah. only speaking with truth, kindness, and love. Because a joke can hurt. Yeah. And it's and sometimes it's hard to know if someone's joking or yeah. not. And it's hard to have those positive assumptions. Yeah. It's also hard for someone like me that loves to speak with sarcasm. It is hard. It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It is. It's hard. Well, and for me, it's hard having grown up with three brothers. Right. <laughs> right. And a little sister. Uh-huh. Cute little sister. Cute. Yes. Very cute. <laughs> I think it's hard because that's what we did. We gave each other a hard time. Right. And we still do. Totally. Yeah. Totally. So it's, so it's, it's hard to um, keep that in mind. but. One thing I wanted to add about the um, the ma not making assumptions, mm -hmm. I've actually put my own little twist on that one. Yes. I actually do make some assumptions, but I try to do positive, positive assumptions. Okay. So I try really hard to give other people the benefit of the doubt. So if somebody has done something that hurt my feelings or felt like it was disrespectful or offensive I try to imagine mm -hmm. that there was a really good reason for mm -hmm. it mm -hmm. so I'm trying to I can't even think of an example right now I can totally think of an okay. example so in this day and age of all the texting yes. sometimes someone doesn't respond and oh. I'm like what? what? Yeah. are they just ignoring me? do they yeah. not like me? Do they? did I say something wrong? and yeah. then I think wait maybe they do what I sometimes do, which you probably shouldn't do this, Ella, uh, read a text at a stoplight. Oh, And then yes. you put the phone down, yeah. and then it says red, and you never go back to it. 
or yeah. read They're it when you're you, you're busy. You're yes. in a conversation. You're like, oh, I'll I'll respond later, and or you, you need forget. Time to respond. Yes. So I think instead of assuming the worst, right? Like, that, oh my gosh, they must be mad at me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> then then I have to, you know, slow my brain down and right. say, hold on. Yeah. They probably you know forgot to respond. Quite yes. frankly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yes. Let's hear the big number four. Okay. And so the last one, and I, I feel like this goes without saying and um, just knowing the amazing women that both of you are, mm-hmm. I, I think you've already got this one. But number four is always do your best. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, and with that, your best is going to look different depending on what you're going through. Mm-hmm. And so... You have to give yourself grace. Mm. Yeah, that's a good one. So if you're going through a time in your life that's really stressful, or maybe you're sick, or maybe you're extra busy because you're going to a theater conference and then you're getting on a plane to visit your cousins in Michigan <laughs> back to back, your best might be different under those circumstances mm. than it would be if you were just at home working on something. So you have to give yourself grace, but always be trying your hardest. Yeah, yeah, I, I I like that one a lot, and I think about that one a lot because obviously I, I do always want to be doing my best. Um, and I also I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. So someone's in a hard situation. Sure. How much do you excuse them for their bad behavior? That, uh, that's another oh, question I don't know the answer to. Right. But let's say yeah. a friend has a death mm-hmm. in the family. Yes. And so, and they're feeling depressed and mm-hmm. down. And then they start lashing out at you. Mm-hmm. Okay, a couple times. Yes. You're like, oh my God, I know. She's going through a rough time. Yeah. But how long do you take the abuse? Right. You know, I think that's hard for me too. Like, yes. well, at some point. You can't just make excuses for your behavior. Right. We all are working through things, no matter what it is. That is a very good question. Mm -hmm. And that's interesting that you ask that because I had thought about that maybe our topic today could be about personal boundaries. Mm -hmm. And I know you did a, a podcast about the the boundaries as in the limits that your parents set for you yeah but i'm talking about personal boundaries mm-hmm. that um it's what you allow people to inflict upon you mm-hmm. which is really hard to control yeah because we can't control really other can't. people correct but we can only control ourselves mm-hmm. and i think that's a a great question i think um you give people some grace yeah but then you also have to stand up for yourself and protect yourself yeah Yeah. so so if somebody is continually um mistreating you disrespecting you being rude um or excluding you or Mm -hmm. talking about you behind your back i think you can only ignore it for so long and then you need to say something or you need to choose not to be around that person or you need to remind yourself it's middle school. It's right. temporary. It, yes. Before I know it, I'll be in high school, college, and beyond. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes it is weird for, like, it's weird for my brain to think about, but, like, for me, I'm, like, the main person in my life, but for other yeah. people, like, I don't, this is so random, but, like, I've, it's, like, so weird, it's a weird thing to think about how, like, I think about my own thoughts, and I'm going through my own things, and for me, 
it seems like my life is the only life existing and everyone else is robots. <laughs> but for someone else, they're the main character of their life. Right! <laughs> and that is perfectly normal. Yeah. That's what all people your age go through in their development. It's called egocentrism, which <laughs> which sounds bad, but it's not. It's just <laughs> that's um, what adolescents and teens go through is feeling like it's all about them mm-hmm. but yeah. it's really not i promise but, but doesn't she have a good eq <laughs> oh um gee she does i know yes. i know yes, well yes. peggy this has yes. been so fun so much fun. we're gonna have to have you back on because you have a wealth of knowledge in child development I and do. education yes. obviously you've got some more to tell us about buckets and lids and all these things absolutely but you know this is only a small short little podcast so Oops. hopefully we'll be going on for years and years and we'll uh we'll get you back on well, maybe when you come to see me in Denver in a few weeks, ah, we, we can, can do drop another, another episode. Hey. But well, thanks. Oh, sorry. No, <laughs> you go ahead. You go ahead. Should I close it up? Close it up. Okay. Um. Thanks for listening. Remember to follow us on Instagram. It's just chats with my daughter. And yeah, by the time this episode drops, I'm going to be 12, so I'm really excited. That's excited. Um, Exciting. <laughs> But yes. All right. Bye. Say bye. Bye. bye.